And we welcome you into another edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast here on the Hoopball Podcast Network. I am Damian Barling along with your host, Jill Edge. That's hey. all I got. That's all I got, dude. Like We can't like, even get excited. <laughs> I, I mean... Eh, and not that we we will present the information and we'll talk about our favorite team, but goodness gracious, Jilly, they make this hard. Uh, seven straight losses for the Kings, and last night was a well. Depending on when you're listening to this one, let me be, be phrase this better. The last one against the Pelicans sure was an interesting one with Rashawn Holmes only playing 16 minutes and leaving with a, a hamstring issue. Buddy Heald being a late scratch. Buddy Heald does not miss games very often. Um, I, I'll, I'll, there's a million. No, I will say directions. about. I will say about that, and I think that is one thing that um, I would say at least a general manager, maybe a new one coming in, <clears throat> where you know we always had that discussion. Bogey, Buddy, like you know who you want to do it. Well, Bogey's played 30 games this year, and Buddy's played 52. Like no matter what we say mm, on the court. Yeah. Being available to play is a, a huge importance, right? We're seeing that with Marvin Bagley as well. So as much as, you know, that we throw on Buddy and all that stuff, um, he, his body, knock on wood, has been very reliable. And if you're going to be paying that much money to someone, like that was always our worry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they can play great basketball, but if you're only getting for half the season, that's, that's not necessarily going to, kick you up a notch anywhere to me if we had bogey and he had only played 30 games this year we're probably still in the same position i i don't see you know what i mean like that's um but i've seen that you know thrown around a lot again is because bogey's back and playing better and i'm super happy for the guy but also remember he's only played in 30 games this year but right now he's playing exactly when they need him and they have half their team out you know atlanta does as well but But let's not Let's not forget either. Like, it, of course, it's easy to say those types of things. It wasn't an either or situation. It wasn't like, no. well, we want Buddy or Bogey, and we picked Buddy. But on a bad That's team, you you don't want to keep get having you know sixteen to twenty million dollar contracts. It's it's right, my exactly. same issue with Rashawn Holmes coming up this year, which is why I think when people took Monty saying value buys at the deadline, to me, my definition of that is. These are the kind of contracts we want to surround our dear and Fox Halliburton of the future, who we're going to be paying in, you know, the twenties. Um, and, and maybe if, you know, if you can trade for that star, then you have to surround them with the value buys of the lower end of contracts. Right. And that's how you fill out your team. You can't keep paying $20 million to, to your core, which mm-hmm. isn't good. Right. Together. Like, right. I mean, at some point you, you have to stop overpaying just because we love these players. Like it, it doesn't. And I know, you know, it doesn't necessarily help our, our cap situation. Um, you know, for, for next season necessarily plenty of stuff can happen during the off season. But again, Rome wasn't built in a day. The Kings aren't going to be, you know, turn around in four month span and one trade deadline. Like, and if anyone thought that, you know, this team would completely change within that short period of time. I mean, yes, it, it to me, it's just not that realistic, especially when your guys are not playing well. I mean, right. we can't keep saying that uh, they missed out on this um, sell high moments. When you look at the moves that were made over the trade deadline, 
The only to me, the only person that sold high was Orlando on Vucevic, and that guy's an all-star. You don't have that on your team. Yeah. Boston, yes, was rumored to be offering all this stuff. Yet what they did was use their trade exception and trade for younger players. They didn't take on any extra money. So again, where where are these sell high deals that were supposed to right? Well, and Marcus Smart was coming back, right? But they went on their losing streak and said, hey, if we're on this losing streak and we know we're not going to win this year, why are we going to go take on extra money, give up picks, yeah. right? It's Just because a reporter is saying that that is out there does not mean that that's really what, what is out there. Halliburton right now is having to, you know, was talking about the draft again. And the same people that were saying all these barns um, and, you know, and, Buddy deals were out there are the same people that Halliburton are saying got his whole draft day wrong, right? Mm -hmm. When that was reported after draft. So again, you still have to remember to take things with a grain of salt and it's not, it's not always what you necessarily thought it would be. Yes. Would this, would this team like to get rid of money, but also it, I, I don't truly, there's nothing that has shown me that those deals were actually really there. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm still not convinced that those sell high deals were were there. And as a fan base, you can't keep trashing these players and then expect someone to want to take on their twenty million dollar contract right. like that. I mean, in the same sentence, that's not necessarily realistic either. Some of these contracts will be a little bit more palatable next season as they go down again. That's mm -hmm. the one great thing that that Ken and Vladi did was they made these contracts decrease in value. So. The, for the for the tank crew that keeps saying, you know, you need to have the long-term plan, well, wait one more year for these contracts to go down a little bit, and maybe you will end up getting more than what was offered this last year. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you could have a better deal, you know, coming up. It's not that we necessarily had a two deals, you know, a better deal two days ago. We don't know, and that's that's kind of the problem, too. It's, it's, it's all speculation. Um and we're looking at anything that we can, you know, any mud we can throw at this point or tomatoes or anything because nothing's just going right. Yeah, but. it's because it's frustrating. So we've we've got to direct our anger somewhere. And it, yep. if it's if it's directing it at the, the the trade deadline for not moving Harrison Barnes, if it's directing it at, you know, I, I, I started with Buddy Heald mentioning, you know, with the Pelicans game being, the you know, the most recent game at the time we're recording this here on Tuesday, April 13th, that. We talked about this a lot today on ESPN 1320. Do you, I don't want to say, did you notice? Do you think the game would have been different if Buddy played? I think you would hit more threes, but I mean, I, other than that, based on how he's been playing, no. That, and that's the thing. Like, that's like the, like, like you even say, you know, oh, you know, the, the King started 0 of 14. Yeah. Buddy would have been in that 0 of 14. Like, Buddy's not the team that breaks the team shooting slump. He's not the team that snaps. Uh, he's not the guy that snaps the team out of it. He's normally the guy that gets the team in it. So I thought as right. that game. Uh, right. And this is my thing, right? Defensive rating when Buddy's on the court is 118. When he's off, 112. Defensively, I thought they looked a little bit better that game. It wasn't perfect. But to me, had they been hitting their shots, Obviously, you're not to me. I didn't think they were going down 26 points because of their defense. To right. me, they were they couldn't even hit a two. Like they just were not hitting anything. They um, were playing really well in the first part of the first quarter. 
then around the four minute mark of the first quarter, like everything went to hell for them. Yeah. After and, that. and right. And once you got home, so we then found out was hurt, who was mm-hmm. having to play as, you know, half a man. Um, you saw the defense tighten up a little bit too. I mean, so it's, yeah, I, I thought yesterday, Holmes? I thought yesterday, no, he was hurt. No, I mean, I mean, you say the defense tightened up when he left oh, the game because he was hurt. He was trying to oh, play. Oh, hurt. I see what you're saying. I, so I see what he you're lacked saying. his explosiveness yesterday, and you could tell. I, I was watching. He was like, did some hop skip. Oh, for sure. And you, where it was like running down the court, and I'm like, did he? I thought it was an ankle, maybe, and he was trying to work mm. that out. But I'm saying no. Like I, I appreciate him. He was trying, but he wasn't he his was normal explosive yeah. self, and so. I mean, it's you still had your normal defensive, yes, issues on the perimeter and everything else. But I felt bad for Harrison Barnes having to guard Zion. Like, I don't care what you do. That's not a winning <laughs> strategy, right? I've, and you saw when Jones came in, you saw a body. It was like, hey. <laughs> I felt bad. I've felt bad for like, Harrison Barnes for like three weeks. I just feel bad for the position yeah. that he's in. Like the like the literal position I mean, that he's, he's having in. to, yeah. It's yeah. it's tough. And then Zion Williamson, obviously, it's difficult for anybody to guard Zion Williamson. It's really difficult for a guy who's completely playing out of position uh, to guard Zion Williamson, who looks like he's obviously not. It very much looks like he's twice Harrison's size. Yeah. And, and so. I mean, it's and right. And that's the thing is that I. I don't think that Buddy being there would have made right. That wouldn't have changed like your mismatches of of what's going on. Um, and really, he would have been on Ingram, and mm. that's not a favorable matchup either. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, Ingram um, had thirty four last night. Their studs played like studs. Like they played, they didn't play. I mean, New Orleans, you know, Stan Van and Griff and those guys, they got to be thrilled because they didn't really play great last night. And they got away like that was a game they needed to have like this. The and King they had multiple people out. Yeah. The King. I mean, Lonzo was out. like there were a number of guys out. Um, but the King there are season two is, main point guards are out. Yeah. Is, is pretty Besides much done. Too. Yeah. And yeah. Pelicans are still fighting like they, 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 that game meant a lot to him. I'm not I'm not trying to say that it didn't mean anything to the Kings. It, it, no. it did. But like that game meant something for the Pelicans right. moving forward. And see, and this is. Right. And this is where my thing, and I said this yesterday too, was to me, your season is that where it's at. And you released, right? A young, a young wing player who wasn't playing, but you still had him under contract for next year. Right. And you sign a guy to attend day because you're saying your length isn't there and the physicality. Play the guy that you, that you release somebody for, like to me, mm-hmm. and not put white side yeah. in. Like at this point, come on. Like, why did you release a guy if you're not even going to play the guy that you signed him for? Right. I mean, that's release Whiteside then, right? Yeah. A- at this point, I-, I still am shocked they didn't do that before the deadline for him to be able to go to a playoff team. I, I get that he's, you know, this funny um, locker room guy. But again, how many times do we have to keep saying these random journeymen should not be these that important necessarily at this point to your to your locker room when you're paying guys what you're paying already at at this point if if we're releasing young guys just because we need to have him as a locker room guy that I just don't I don't get it I I don't know why else he's still 
here because he's hurt at this point, like off and on. And he's, I don't see him being as part of the future. I don't know. Maybe, maybe watch him come well, back next year. I have no idea. But what about it, this? You're, you're, you're talking about Hassan Whiteside, and obviously we know, you know, which I, I think this is a question Kings fans have to start or asking Justin themselves. Justin James, anybody, yeah. With with 18 games left in the season, I don't know that we're going to see Robert Woodard and Jamias Ramsey. I know that's a pipe dream of Kings fans. Like this is what we're going to yeah. see. This maybe maybe we'll maybe that maybe the young guys will get a run. I don't think that's going to happen. No, and and I've said this before. I wouldn't be shocked just based on the comments they continually keep making of these guys. Their only legitimate playing time throughout this year so far has been the bubble or the gubble, whatever they want to call it. They didn't have a pre, you know, they didn't have the preseason. They're got, they're not getting their normal practice, you know, that any kind of comfort or even in practice where they can show these coaches, right. That, mm -hmm. Hey, like I'm improving and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and you're not able to just send them down and then come play them, you know, to Stockton or, um, and then come yeah. play them back up. Like it's, and, and they're both just came back from injury too. I, I don't know if they're even being careful of that. But at this point, the way that Walton works his lineups anyways, it's not totally shocking to me that he's not throwing these guys um, out there at this point. And you know what? <laughs> as much as people say they want to see him play, I know as soon as they go on and if they had bad stuff, I you would be going on and saying, oh, my God, I thought he was so much better or, or Walt or Luke has already Monty's damaged them. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. People can say that they're over it and they want to see these guys anyways, but I wouldn't put it past no. them, you know, complaining about about how they're played. But I can understand a coach not necessarily wanting to throw them out, but the other part of me also – wants to see what's what's there but i know there's a fine line that you've heard even jaeger said this too was you don't want to ruin young guys confidence too fast either that there's a there's a fine line between you know how you're doing it and because they're not able to prove themselves in in the g league consistently right you saw it for a little bit but you're not seeing it consistent year round um and and very little practice that I don't know. I'm just not sure. But th to me, it doesn't mean that they're not in the Kings future. Like Monty signed them to multi-year deals. Like obviously he felt a certain way about those guys. Yeah. So maybe he's taking more time to look at the rest of the roster and not even those guys that he's comfortable in what he has with them for the next couple of years. And he's still trying to figure out what he wants to do with the current guys here. I mean, that wouldn't shock me either. Yeah, we the, and and that goes to a season long conversation. And if Luke's playing for his job, right, he, he's for, not going to throw those guys out there either. So exactly. you know, I mean, exactly. We've been together too long. You start reading my mind and know exactly <laughs> where I'm going. Like, yeah, if if, if that's a hundred percent, whether the Kings make the playoffs or not, Luke has to win as many games as possible. And I don't know that there's uh, unless someone comes to him and says, "Hey, big fella." Gonna need see, gonna need to see Robert Woodard and Jamias Rams. Gonna need to see those guys. And truthfully, I don't believe that's gonna happen. I know people have speculated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know even my partner thinks that that maybe the reason Buddy Hield hasn't been moved to the bench, maybe the reason that Tyrese Halliburton was moved to the bench instead of Buddy, is that uh, he was told not to move Buddy to the bench. 
I don't, yeah. I don't co-sign that. Um, Until I, I think they're officially kicked out of anything, you know, like that they're officially eliminated, uh, eliminated. That might, if it's, yeah, there's like two weeks, two weeks left and you're eliminated, maybe. But I also don't see these players accepting being just sat down, you know? Well, yeah, either. And that's all, know. like at that point, we're, we're talking about like four or five games at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're talking about, and, and, and not only are we talking about four or five games, we're talking about a really rough two and a half weeks before we get there. Of yeah. course, we're in the midst of a really rough two and a half weeks, but it, like it would just have to stay on this track, you know, with, with Washington not going the Kings way. And I know the pro tank crowd is really rooting for Washington to, to get that one. Cause that actually could have some ramifications in terms of the standing because in, in terms of the standings, because whatever you want from this King season the, the, the tank is if you want the tank as many as possible the fact is the kings are like better than as bad as it feels like they are they're better than like 10 teams yeah i think they're they're nine right now yeah and in washington is one of those ones that's really close but they're only nine because of that last win streak i mean and it's right. you know what i mean as much as people want to say you know it is what it is um you know, had they not had that win streak, it's um, it's that. And again, I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily totally sold on that. They had the win streak, and all of a sudden, everyone within that front office thought that things totally changed the corner. As much mm -hmm. as people want to speculate that, um, I'm not totally sold. Maybe the owner was, but I'm not sold that necessarily the um, the front office changed gears that that quick. I like to think that these guys that have been around the league on <laughs> that they they have a little bit more sense than that but again who knows um but you know what and and people don't talk enough about how much those owners the owners want the playoff money too i mean that that's that money goes right to them yeah and, I don't and Vivek them. has not had that once i mean when you're when you're hurting like you're hurting mm -hmm. i doesn't surprise me and every player on that team you could hear you could hear it in fox and halliburton when they talk regardless of what's on the court, you can hear them after every game, um, especially Halliburton now, pissed off that I, I, I've I never lost like this before. And right, you hear that every time when we get <laughs> these draft picks, right? Between, whether it was yeah. DeMarcus, IT, yeah. um, Fox, they're like, they've never gone anything through like this. And I think as much as we talk about learning experiences and all that, these guys have never experienced losing like this and they've never had to learn how to turn it around. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or to stop a bad flow. They've always been the best of the best um, that's out there. And so it, whoever, one of these guys that can figure out <laughs> the, the secret to not losing after mm -hmm. they've never lost before uh, they, they will be, you know, the holders of the key, you know, for the last 15 years. But um, I, I don't think that that's really ever talked about enough either is you hear that all the time from these guys is I've never experienced this before. And I'm trying to figure out what it takes to un undo this, yeah. um, you know? And it's a, it's a, it's a code that has not yet been cracked. Can you recall I'm, I'm actually trying to think before I, I ask the question. Can you recall a season like this? Obviously, Kings fans, we've been through horrendous seasons before, but one where, remember, 
if you can remember this far back, it's ages ago. Remember they started the season three and one and it was like, wow, the defensive effort is there. They look better. Then they lost like nine of 11, I think. And so then I should, yeah. the win streak, blue streak, win streak, blue streak. That graphic last week that had, oh my like gosh. The, that had the lines and it was yeah. literally <laughs> that blue line just died. And it was so the first, right. The first week, two weeks, uh-huh. Um, cause I think I was in Colorado, right. When they played Denver and we had that win, it was right, right before, um, yep. new years and that's, they literally, and they were average. They just, they just had to be average on defense. Their offense is good enough that they don't even have to be a top defensive team. They could just be average and they'd be at a 500 basketball club. That's what's, that's, what's frustrating too. You you just have to be average, but no, we're the league worst in history. Like there's no <laughs> there's no middle ground here. Like it's just Kings aim high, baby. They aim high. Aver- you just had to be average. Um, and and so that you could see on that chart that they were literally just in the middle, and then it shot down, and then it just flatlined. Like it never it there were no spikes. Nope. either in that it was just they literally died it literally like, was a straight they, flat line they were taken off live support <laughs> and it was over um i, mean, I love that you say all we needed you to do was be average <laughs> just this week all we needed you to do was to be the worst team in the western conference and the worst team in the eastern conference now now golden state did some things along the way that threw off these plans but you would have been within a game of golden state had you done that Right. Nope. So, so listen, listen to these, the defensive rating, right? So for, we've seen Walton, he has that, what, nine, nine, 10 man rotation, mostly nine when, when Bagley's healthy and, and you're going. So between Fox, Buddy, Barnes, Holmes, Hallie, Bagley, those, that was your core that was playing probably what, 25, you know, minutes and up. So this is your defensive rating this season. This is why it's so bad. Fox 117.8. Buddy, 118.2. Barnes, 115.9. Holmes, 116.5. Hallie, 116.2. Bagley, 119.3. That is your main group. And there's not one under 115 Mm. for the season. So we go two years back. Fox is, so Jaeger's last season, Fox is 109. Buddy's 110. Barnes in his 23 games was 110. Holmes wasn't here. Hall, uh, Hallie wasn't here. And Bagley was 111. Bagley was 111 his rookie year. He's 119 right now. Fox last year, 114. <laughs> Buddy, 111. Gracie is not feeling these defensive ratings whatsoever. <laughs> I can't blame her. Gracie is speaking for literally every Kings fan when she hears those defensive rankings. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She is not having it. Like she does not want to hear any more about defensive ratings and where the Kings are because we have all sat through this. We have watched it, uh, and we know how bad they are defensively. And as as you said, oh my gosh, stop. There's a delivery driver. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so. The delivery Barnes driver went to has 111. a Buddy Heel jersey on. That's what it is. The Buddy, yeah, <laughs> the driver's got a Buddy Heel jersey on. But yeah, so in three years, Bagley went from 111 to 114 to 119. Jeez. Barnes went from 110, 111 to 115. Buddy 110, 111, 118. 
Fox 109, 114, 117. Doesn't so, again, doesn't matter what you do on offense. You can't physically be that bad on defense and have any shot. Like that's that is so like that is it, such a steep drop off and why you flatlined. <laughs> like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing though hearing you give those for the last 3 years cuz we knew we knew the Kings were bad defensively with Jaeger. Like and and Dave knew that the Jaeger knew it, that they were bad defensively. And what it, and what it and what was his big thing? I rewatched one of his one of his interviews um for the preseason of that that year and his thing was I still have to keep it simple for them because they can't quite grasp going any farther at this point. So I I have mm. I have to keep it simple. Again, what do we always say about coaching, right? You have to be able to adjust. Uh, he's saying, I would love to be able to do, you know, B through Z, but I have to keep it at A because I know these guys just can't get there yet. We're seeing those same things where Luke is not able to implement B through Z you know, but he's still trying to get there. And I get it. And he even said that last year, right? We're slowing it down. We have to do it this way so that we can um, win a playoff series. Well, let's just get to the playoffs first before we figure out how to win a playoff series. I mean, it's, you got to get to 500 and get there first before you can, right, go, go up the ladder um, to these other steps. And And I get that might frustrate people because that's, oh, well, that's not a sustainable, you know, long-term. Well, either is what we're doing because these guys clearly can't implement anything that they're trying to show them at this point. And players are saying that, right? Coaches are telling us to do this and we can't do it. So figure out a way to simplify it like Jaeger had to do for these guys. And he was very vocal about, I can't do what I need to do, so I need to simplify it. And if it works, great. You know, if I mean, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But you can't deny that keeping it simple apparently worked for this group. Um, and it's just well, sadly worked, the way it, it, it is. It worked in comparison to, to where they are yes. now. Like, yes, they were a bad. We got them the closest to five hundred where they were going to get right. I mean, right. that's which is which is literally how you started this whole this whole uh, monologue you just went on. Yeah. As we just, that's it. Just be average. Don't be the worst in history. Just be average, and your offense is good enough where you'll you'll be able to be what Jill just said. You'll be able to yeah. be around five hundred. But and I'm not, yeah, no. and I'm not even putting all the blame on the coaches. I think these players have, and we've said this before, have plenty of blame. But at some point, the two need to come together and say what we're currently doing is not working, or. Hey, like I physically just can't get it. So let's figure out a way that that's going to be, you know, sustainable for this group because mm-hmm. clearly what's going on is not, I mean, that's just, I mean, at the, I, that was how it was for me when I played basketball and softball growing up, like competitively mm-hmm. that's, and you know, and then I coached in high school, like we had to adjust based on the team we had, like that's, I mean, there's there's no way around it. So I, I refuse to believe that the two cannot there there can't be adjustments made by either a coach or player. Like there's, I mean, I I refuse to be sold that line that 
um, there can be no adjustments made by anybody at all, anywhere. Me too, sister. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not buying it either. Um, Can you remember a King season like this where it has so many, you know, the three and one start, the nine of 11 losing, the was it six, seven game win streak followed or seven of eight, seven of nine followed by a nine game losing streak. And then another win streak here followed by seven. And at the moment of this recording counting. Well, last year was kind of up and down and then they just went really hot at the end, but then went way back down in the bubble. Yeah. Um, so that kind of similar, um, Jaeger's last season was just straight. They were hot at the beginning, you know, for the first half of the season. And then then gone. they just, they couldn't sustain it. Um, and I remember to last me, year. Me, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the whole, they gave up, they gave up on the coach. See, this is where I'm like the whole thing of they gave up on the coach that year because they didn't like him. Mm. But just because they like him this year, I'm supposed to believe that what I'm seeing is them not giving up. I And, and I'll echo, I'll echo what, what Kenny says, what Jason Jones says. What the hell has this roster ever done to earn the the right to depict their coach? And that was the first mistake made, right? That these players now think that they're entitled to something, right? Because they're I would not argue just that wasn't the like our first mistake now. made. But, but yeah. I get your point. I completely yeah. get your point. When it comes to coaching, I'll say when it comes to that whole. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, and there were, you know, front office issues between Williams and Jaeger. But again, but a lot of that stemmed too from failure to agree on who to draft, you know, how they see this team being built. I mean, there was so much um into it, but I don't care if the players like the guy or not. I care about how they play on the court. And yeah. the day, honestly, I mean, as a fan, that's I don't Maybe need to, I don't need to be the player to be best friends with the coach. Right. As fans, we're we're watching, you know, wins and losses. And are we seeing this team develop? And you can't sell me that. That that's that's happening. Okay, great. Offensively, they're doing it, but you still have to be able to play both ways in this game. If you want to in the West, if you want to succeed, you have to be able to play both ways. We're not in the East. As much as we complain about not being the East, it's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the Kings would – where would the Kings be if they were in the East? They'd be – I mean, the Kings still wouldn't be in the playoffs if they were in the East, or they wouldn't even be in the playing scenario. They'd be a lot closer. It'd be them in in, in Chicago yeah. in the conversation, but they well, still wouldn't be there. Yeah, well, because Washington's two games out of the play right Washington's now. right there. Yeah, Washington, Toronto. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, technically, there's a handful of teams, and I'm comfortable in saying Cleveland's not going to do it. But yeah, Toronto, Washington, and Chicago uh, will be the teams fighting for that for that tenth spot. Uh, the Pacers, I think, are are pretty comfortable there at at at, at nine or above. Um, what do you think? That was a a, a conversation uh, the, t- today, really, the last twenty four hours about the play in game and the play in tournament concept with Luka Doncic, kind of saying, "I don't I don't understand why we're doing it." Um, Mark Cuban kind of co-signed it. Of course, they're in the seventh spot now after falling a couple of notches. But how do you feel about the play-in tournament this I don't. This my, I don't mind the play-in. My issue is more just the condensed season in, in general, the, the 72 games within this short time frame. Like for the Suns coming up, 
they have nine games in the next 15 days. Yeah. The Kings have eight and 17. So you can see like how that's so I just don't think that that's sustainable for these guys, let alone on for, for quite most of these teams, they had a shorter, you know, off season because most of these teams that are in it right now played, played in the bubble, mm-hmm. um, in, in the playoffs. And so I, I think they, I'm ready for them to get rid of, honestly, the Eastern and Western and just have it be the top 16 teams. Um, and, and then you have your your plans. I, I would rather see that. Um, I can understand keeping your divisions because they still like to, to keep that whole rivalry thing. But to me, if you want to make the league really competitive, I want to see the best 16 teams, not not if if you're in the East or in the West. I just... Because what do people say every year? Oh, the East is just so bad. There's just teams getting in there, and there's so many Western teams that should have been in there. It's that almost never happens. By the way, like when you look at the, it's almost always the top sixteen teams. There are very, there are very, very few occasions where like a juggernaut, you know, night seed was left yeah. out in in the in the west like it, that that is so overblown i don't think people actually take the time to look at the standings and realize yeah that that's not as big of a thing okay. as you make it out to be um yeah i i to me i just don't think that it's um i don't know but how you see it and we see playing games for baseball not right it's wild card call it a wild card game yeah. you see it in every other sport at this point that sure. that's essentially what it is right i just it's, don't like the way it's structured I don't like the 10 versus seven and the eight versus nine. And if this team wins, they're eliminated. If to this me, team it should be nine and eight, seven that's... shouldn't even be included. That's it. Yes. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And I'd even, you know, Kenny had this idea today. Like maybe kind of like the bubble was last year. If you're within three games or two games or something like that, if you're ahead of the ninth seed by like eight and a half games, that you team doesn't sh- yeah. deserve a chance. Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I knew I didn't, I didn't love the, I knew I didn't love the structure of it, but when I listened to Mark Cuban today, or when I read Mark Cuban's uh, thing today with Tim McMahon on ESPN, I was like, yeah, I don't like this either. I, I, and I know it was exciting last year, but the circumstances made it exciting. Um, I don't think that those circumstances don't exist. Now, maybe I'll change my mind once the games are played and go, oh my gosh, that was the greatest thing ever. But I get the feeling that when this gets brought back to the table this offseason, it, it 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 might get shot down. Yeah. I, or I modified. Mean, or they could have done it when it was a legitimate healthy season when there's not going to be like we're right now, you could have a team, right? That's that eight is eight games up, but they're dealing with players sitting out for COVID they're sure. dealing with some sort of injury because they played nine games in 15 days. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's, or you're now asking people to rest leading up to, because that's, that's how it is and how much you don't want teams to rest people. It's if you don't want to get knocked out of a play in, you might rest some guys, you yeah. know, for, for a couple of days leading up to it. Uh, I just would hate to see a team be kicked out for like a, a small injury or a COVID type, you know, situation during a playing game that should never have happened. Like you're saying, if they were outside of four games or something like that, right. I mean, that's, um, that would be unfortunate that, 
for as much as those guys gave up during the year that, um, you know, that's, be, that's how it went down. I'll be interested to see where this goes next year. I'll be interested to see if we get, I'm, I'm sure the league is going to push for it. I don't know if there's going to be pushed back. Uh, everyone will have numbers to support their idea. Uh, but you but know I'll why be, the owners like it? Well, the low no, owners I, like it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Money, but I mean, yeah. in, in terms of the season and in, in, in that, that actually ties in perfectly. I'll be interested to see if we get back to, because right now we're looking at the finals ending like the middle of July, probably the draft is the end of July. I got to imagine free agency is going to be very, very shortly after that. If the NBA wanted to get back to normal with the belief of come fall 2021, by the grace of God, we're in good shape as it relates to 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 pandemics and, and vaccines and getting people into the arena. That's not nearly as short of a turnaround as it was last year, but it's still a pretty quick turnaround to get the season back and kind of on schedule with Christmas Day being the marquee day and February being the trade deadline and the All-Star game and, and June being the finals and kind of getting back on track. I'll be interested to see if 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 that actually happens. Yeah, and and my only guess of of why Cuban's saying this is because they're in that situation. Oh, now, absolutely. Right? It's no he, question. He's, he he was fine with it when he thought that their team would fine, but they they're one where they've been really hurt with injury well, and they've mm -hmm. been hurt by COVID. Like they're a team that's been knocked out between the two, and so you know they're where people were laughing at him early in the year, right? Because they were below the Kings. And it was like, well, no, look, they're hurt. Yeah. they're injured and they have half over half their team out with COVID. Yeah. Like when they get healthy, they're going to come right back up, which you've seen. They've come back up. Um, but that's taken the toll on them. And they're still, you know, it was enough to knock them down to where they are. But I still, I'm still not sure that most owners still won't, won't want this again because it still gives them a shot at that playoff money for, for the likes of the Viveks and, and Minnesota, you know, especially with their new owners now um, for teams that Chicago for teams that have been out for a long period of time, I could still see them voting to want this because that gives them that random outside chance that these teams always need, yeah. you know, are looking for because they sure. can't, they can't break that, that, ceiling to to get them there um, so in an effort to defend mark cuban just a little bit <laughs> I, I and i i agree with you 100 because ken, ken, kenny said it's the same thing on espn 1320 today that the reason mark cuban is talking about it is because they're in that position in their defense i think luca was asked about it because they're in that position yeah. he responded to it tim mcmahon knowing hey I got Cube's number. Let me let me let me let me see how Mark Cuban feels about this. He it's not like they everyone just like offered up a comment. It started with oh, Luca being totally. asked about it, and then Mark responded. And, and, and of course, yeah. they're responding now because they're in that position. But I don't think if they had been in the three seed, Luca certainly would have been wouldn't have been asked about it. And I don't know if Mark Cuban would have used right now to explain how he feels about it. I'm I'm. I feel like he still might have said how he feels about it in the offseason or, or at a later time, especially when it came time to potentially vote on this. But I don't think it would have come up if they were – it wouldn't have come up with either one of them if they were sure. higher in the standings. 100%, yeah. Uh, it's the Wizards at the Golden One Center on Wednesday. I don't know if you know this. Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double. 
again. Um, but of course, that's meaningless. Uh, the Phoenix Suns the very next night uh, in Arizona. So a tough couple of games here uh, coming up for the Sacramento Kings. Then they'll hit the road. They've got a few there. We've been talking about the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they've got them, and then they'll come back for back-to-back games against uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. You going to be there April 21st, Golden 1 Center, Jill Edge in the house? I will not. Are you going to try? I, are, you, are you not interested in going all year? Um, I get my second shot on Saturday on the 17th. Nice. So, um, anyways, I'll, I'll wait at least the two weeks. But yeah. at this point, as much as I, I love them, I just have a really hard, you know, I canceled my season tickets like at, right, literally right before this whole pandemic started. Mm. Um, literally that, that season. And uh, I just couldn't like, I, I wanted that extra $300 a month. I was just yeah, part, I, I mean, at this point yep. where I was just like, I can't, I'll, I'll go when I want to go. And I'm still watching yeah. every game and talking about them. Like I don't do that any left, but I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Like it's, you know, it's, it, as a younger person, I just could not, <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, I um, gotcha. But I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm going this season. If I was going to go, obviously, I I have the ability to get in. Yeah. If I was going to go at all this year, I'd go tomorrow. I'd go to see Russ. But it's not going to be the same. I'm good. I'll watch it at home. Like I'm 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 fine. Um. So, but I'm excited for people who uh, have their uh, shots already and have the ability to to go see their favorite team play. Yeah, uh, and I'm happy that the season ticket holders that have for a lot of them that have been paying or already paid, you know, finally get a, get a chance yeah. to, uh, yeah. you know, see, see some of their money, um, you know, or, or if they want to go with their parent or a sibling or, you know what I mean? Like that's, that yep. was one of the things that I did it with my dad. You know, we had just because as much of it was, I hated watching losing basketball, but I loved going with my dad. Right. Like that yep. was, that'd been our thing for years. Um, but we both just said for our mental health, like, we'll we'll watch them together you know we can watch it from the couch like we'll um we'll find ways to do it but i i have seen plenty of people say like you know that that's a chance that they're you know gonna take to go see it um with their dad or with that so i mean i I I understand for i get for people that want to spend and not want to (laughs) spend yeah i mean i get it i mean it'll be interesting this off season discretion or next season i should say discretionary income is going to be different i think for for a lot of people for a long time, discretionary yeah. income is going is, is going to be different, and certainly Sacramento Kings basketball is kind of falls into that non-essential discretionary income. But at the same time, I've always recognized what an escape professional sports are uh, for a lot of people, 100%. particularly here in, in Sacramento, with this being the only pro sports team. So, uh, hopefully, if you want to go, you get the chance to go. Uh, for those that don't, uh, hopefully, we're we're packing the Golden One Center strong. Uh, next season as always we appreciate you for tuning in make sure you're following jill at jill adge on twitter make sure you're following at espn 1320 and at d and kc on twitter as well uh subscribe rate and review to the podcast hopefully the next time we're here it's not like 9 10 11 in a row hopefully something good uh has happened for the sacramento kings for us to cover but either way we'll be back here on the Sacramento Kings podcast as part of the Hoop Ball Podcast Network.